0: BAM Radio
1: Network. Many people will experience the decision fatigue all the time and not really understand it or understand its effects on them. So it is a particular danger.
2: It's okay to recognize there is a fatigue in the work that we do, not only physically, but in that you know willpower decision-making capacity.
0: Hello, welcome to Heart to Heart Conversations on Leadership, your guide to making a difference. I'm Holly Elisa Bruno. Principals and directors are on all day and often into the night, making decision after decision after decision. Sure, we know this isn't a healthy practice. However, who hasn't gotten into the rut of not taking breaks? According to Dr. Roy Baumeister in his new book, Willpower, Rediscovering the Greatest Human Strength, Not taking breaks from decision-making leads to another danger, an overworked brain that can shut down. Roy calls this decision-making fatigue. Did you know that after half day of ongoing decision-making, your brain can no longer be trusted to decide wisely and well? Let's hear Roy's research to find out how we can keep our brains functional given the demands of our work. Welcome, Sue and Roy.
1: Uh, willpower is a limited resource, a limited uh, energy that people have, and uh, it turns out it's used not just in self-control, but also in decision-making. So over time, you tend to uh, use this up or deplete it over the course of a day or a few hours where you may use a great deal of it, uh, and that leaves less energy for tackling new decisions. So suddenly you may start to shift toward a shallower, simpler styles of decision-making even without realizing it.
0: And what's happening in our brains? Does our brain shut down on decision-making?
1: I think uh, shutting down is perhaps uh, too strong a term, but rather uh, the brain uh, shifts its activity uh, from the uh, uh, executive uh, sorts of processes in the frontal lobes where uh, it will uh, you know, exert control and put effort into decision-making and controlling and so forth. Uh, instead, puts more activity uh, in the evaluation uh, section so you'll feel things more strongly. My research hasn't really worked at, looked at the brain part so much, but uh, glucose in the body, which is fuel for the brain, uh, that tends to get depleted uh, when people make a lot of decisions or exert self-control. Uh, and so, in a sense, your brain is running on less fuel. That's uh, not quite, uh, the experts would not quite go by that, but uh, that's a rough way to understand it.
0: How can we know when our brain is moving out of the uh, functional mode to that mode where it's just not getting enough fuel? And making decisions at that in that point would not be wise.
1: Unfortunately, there are not too many signs of well, what happens when your uh, willpower gets depleted. Things seem to feel more intensely to you. And at some point, you might start to feel like you don't want to make decisions. or You'd rather put it off and so forth. So those would be telltale signs. But uh, many people will experience the decision fatigue all the time and not really uh, understand it or understand its effects on them. So uh, it is a particular danger.
0: Roy, tell us about the, uh, the study done on judges as they were making parole decisions.
1: Uh, yes, uh, that was not one of my studies, but uh, it was uh, published late while we were finishing the book, and it was uh, based on some of our earlier work. Uh, They showed that uh, these judges making parole decisions, and you know the easy decision is to just send the person back to prison where it takes a little more effort to release the, the prisoner into the community because that has a risk for the judge that if the person goes out and commits another crime makes the judge look bad. So these are people who have uh, got themselves together, put together a decent record uh, in prison, and are uh, requesting parole. First thing in the morning, they seem to have a pretty good rate of doing it. I guess the the point of the study was, over time, as the judges made more decisions, uh, they became less and less willing to release people and more and more prone to just send everyone back. The major interruptions in that pattern that ran across the day occurred when the judges got a meal and so replenished their uh, uh, the, the glucose in their blood, and uh, thus, in practical terms, restored their willpower. So uh first uh, parolee coming up in the morning got a uh, good judgment, likely to, to do well. By mid-morning, most people were being sent back to prison. Then the judges got a break for a snack and then a, uh, some fruit and so forth. Uh, and then their uh, likelihood of uh, releasing them and get, granting parole went up again. Uh, just before lunch, I believe it was down to 15% whereas right after lunch, so these would be two consecutive people, the last one before lunch, almost always being sent back to prison, the first one after lunch, uh, having about a two-thirds chance of being released into the
0: community. The fairness of their decisions had much more to do with what they had for breakfast than with the merits of the case.
1: Uh, yes, that's unfortunately true. Uh, there's an expression in the, in the legal profession, I gather, that uh, Justice is what the judge had for breakfast, but it turns out there is some reality to that, and not just breakfast, but uh, a mid-morning snack and, and lunch and so forth. And it's consistent with other stuff, what we found in the laboratory, too, that uh, we showed after people exerted self-control on a laboratory task, then they're... Uh, decision-making was subject to uh, irrational bias, but if we gave them a glass of lemonade with uh, sugar, then suddenly they were uh, making the more effortful uh, decision again and not being biased. But we gave them lemonade uh, sweetened with diet sweetener the bias continued unaffected. Well, sugar supplies a quick dose of glucose into the system and so uh, seem to restore people's uh, effortful and capable decision-making.
0: So, Sue, Roy's telling us about decision-making fatigue. I'd like to know how this applies to education leaders who are continuously on. What is your take on decision-making fatigue, the frequency of that with education leaders, and from your experience and observation, what can be done about that? Well, I think it
2: pretty relevant in the field and and especially in the early childhood arena. It's it's a busy place, a busy environment, lots of decisions. So, one of the suggestions that we really work with directors during our training is more about you don't have to be that person making the decisions all the time. So, looking at a, a distributed leadership, how do you get other people engaged in some of the activities which you feel you need to have control over and to make decisions.
0: Okay, so you're saying we need to eat well and at the right time to um, be able to make wise decisions, but isn't there more to decision-making fatigue than that?
1: Well, it seems that the brain uh, resorts its resources uh, during sleep, and so uh, if you're making a lot of decisions on a regular basis, it starts to know that, well, there are going to be a lot of demands in this part of the brain and can uh, store more of its backup fuel there. You know, understanding yourself and uh, uh, watching for your limits and managing and trying to get the brakes where you need them—that's, I think, uh, a key. Uh, you know, willpower and so forth seems to work like a muscle. So if you you can't get a muscle so strong that you never get tired, but if you exercise it regularly and good diet and rest and so on, that that muscle will gradually become more effective. So it works better longer before it gets tired. So what we do in the laboratory is. Uh, Have people do exercises like with their posture, sit up straight, uh, stand up straight just whenever you think of it. We have people switch uh, from their right hand and have them use their left hand for a variety of tasks like brushing their teeth and so on. It's just a matter of picking any sort of habit or ingrained pattern of response and overriding it. That's kind of the essence of what self-control is, overriding one of your responses. So uh, doing that on a regular basis will strengthen the muscle.
0: Sue, what's your final thought for our listeners?
2: Well, I really think this is helpful information as we work with people who are leaders and decision makers that it's okay to recognize, wow, I, I've got this fatigue and I just need to take a break and what can I do to stay healthy and do that? And I think more importantly, becoming more skillful at making decisions and understanding leadership and management and that it's not an easy job. And sometimes you do have to make tough decisions and they do drain you. But how do you revive yourself? How do you stay fresh? How do you stay approachable? And I think that is surrounding yourself with a team, whether it be families or teachers or community members or volunteers that also can help with some of the day-to-day operational, management, decision-making, things that you don't need to always be
0: a part of. Or, well, if there's one thing you would like uh, our listeners to take away from uh, this program, what would that be?
1: Oh, I suppose it's that the decision fatigue will, will set in before you feel it, before you feel exhausted or before you have a sense that you don't want to make more decisions. So uh, it's important to understand how this process works and how, as I said, how it interacts with self-control tasks other demands
0: Roy and Sue thanks it's been my pleasure listening to you so what's the answer to busy education leaders about decision making under pressures well one awareness two acceptance and three action one awareness that I can't make decisions biologically neurologically one after another, after another, without my brain burning out at a certain point. Two, acceptance that I can't tell when that's happening, and if I don't do something about it, I am in danger of not making the best decisions for children and families. And three, action you know what, when my feet are to the fire, I do what I need to do. And I'm clear now that I've got to step out, walk outside, have someone come in and and bring me a healthy snack, have a friend call me at a certain time. There are things that I have to do that I can schedule, because in the moment, I'm probably going to be overwhelmed. Those things are important. In fact, (laughs) just the other day, I was in the middle of a, a full day of decision making. I said, excuse me, For five minutes, I stepped outside, looked up at the sky, watched a bird fly, came back, and was better at making the next decision. Hope this helps. You've been listening to Heart to Heart Conversations on Leadership. I'm Holly Elisa Bruno. Thanks for listening. This program is produced by Jack Street Media as part of the Affiliate Nanocasting Network. Thanks for listening.